Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the show. I am your host, Amanda Gates, and today I have on sound healer and Kundalini instructor, Julius Batia. I actually recorded with Julius a few months ago, but we've been trying to get Joey Natola booked and on the show. And when we finally got that set up, he just went up actually last week, but when we got that set up, I knew that I wanted to have Julius on after Joey. So that's why I've waited to put Julius up since he specializes in uh, Kundalini and sound healing and, and, you know, being a Kundalini instructor. I wanted people who listen to the show to have a resource. I mean, you can hear uh, from Joey's experience. Well, for him, you know, I don't know if that's for everybody, but for him in particular, it was very chaotic. It was very confusing. Uh, it was very dramatic. So even though Joey said on uh, his show, you know, I asked him what people should do if this happens to them. And his answer was, well, the answers are within you. Um, While I do agree with that, the answers are within you. But, you know, on many levels, when life is upside down and backwards and inside out, and you don't know what the hell is going on, it never hurts to have a support system and a guidance system uh, from others who are aware open, compassionate, you know, I mean, sometimes you need a team to navigate the challenging waters. And when it comes to a spiritual awakening, you know, obviously, um, I thought that uh, Kundalini awakenings were quite sexy and fun, which I shared in the show last week. And you know, when you hear about Joey's story, um, it was two years of some pretty chaotic, tumultuous times. Um, you know, and, and perhaps it was a little bit more challenging for him because he didn't have any spirituality in his life. And so it was maybe harder for him to explain what was going on. Maybe because you listen to this show, you're open and aware and it, you know, it'll be a much smoother ride. But I think that Julius is, um, you know, a wonderful conscious leader. Um, He's definitely here to help humanity. And, you know, if you're going through any kind of spiritual awakening, I think that this is the type of teacher that you want to have and know about in your life. So I'm excited to finally be able to have Julius on and to share this show with you Uh, real quick guess what time it is? It's housekeeping time. Uh, Next week, I celebrate the Home Energy Design 100th episode. I can't even believe it. I can't even believe that it's been 100 episodes. We actually have more than that overall. But when we relaunched under Home Energy Design, we started numbering them. So I'm having Ruby Warrington back on the show uh, to help me celebrate, and she's actually giving away uh, her book, Material Girl, Mystical World. Uh, It actually came out a couple of years ago, but they just published it in a paperback version, uh, which just came out a few days ago. All you need to do is head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show or anything you'd like to see more of. We want to hear from you. To be entered in for uh, a chance to win one of her uh, books and it'll be a signed copy how cool is that I'll also to celebrate I will be giving away to one lucky winner a free floor plan reading be sure to leave us a review uh, and make sure you put 100th episode in the subject line and FYI folks you have to include your floor plan <laughs> We've gotten so many damn emails from people who want to partake in this giveaway and they're not including their floor plans. I can't tell you how your feng shui is if I don't know where your house is or what it looks like. So include your floor plan. And if you've emailed us and did not include a floor plan, it has likely gotten deleted. So you need to resend it in with a floor plan. 
okay, <laughs> with a floor plan. Uh, if you're going to be in the Nashville area in early November, or perhaps you already live here, good for you. I'm conducting a workshop at Half Moon Yoga, teaching you how to manage and clear negative energy from yourself and your space. Such a good time for that, right? The holidays are, can be, you know, really joyous and fun, but man, they can be filled with some crap, can't they? <laughs> An enormous amount of stress, expectation, shame, guilt, and a bunch of other crappy below the cross emotions. So I've put this workshop together to teach you, uh, first and foremost, what exactly is negative energy and how it affects you, and then how the heck to get rid of it. You know, think about uh, this class is really about house protection putting up energy barriers and portals and just really cool stuff around your home uh, that acts as an energetic protection portal. It's going to be rad. So if you're in the area, be sure to, we've got an Eventbrite thingy up. You can go there and buy tickets now, um, or uh, you can also go by the studio and buy tickets as well. And I'm excited to announce I am officially a real estate agent. I think I announced this last week. I don't know. I can't remember. I went in for my test on uh, Friday the 13th. Everybody said I was crazy. You know, I don't know. I guess there's superstition or something around that day. It's actually my favorite day. When I was in uh, high school and uh, younger, I played a bunch of different sports, and my number was always 13. In fact, when I told my mom I was going in to get my test, she said, of course you picked Friday the 13th. It's your favorite number. And it is. It's always been my favorite number. And a lot of people don't know it's the number of the divine feminine. It's actually a God source number. Um, there's actually a lot of um, really ancient energy principles around the number 13. And then the fact that there's the superstition around Friday the 13th, it just makes it even better for me because I'm weird like that. <laughs> if, if everybody goes left, Amanda goes right. That's just how I roll. So anyways, uh, I now have my real estate license and I have my first open house this Sunday. I'm just really excited. I mean, how cool is that? I'm so excited. Uh, I've already tuned into the, you know, the energy of the house. I've done a full energy scan. I've tapped into the vibration of the land. You know, I've got an understanding of why the homeowner is selling. Um, I have an understanding of how the energy has been affecting them and, and what's going on. Um, so just lots going on. But we have, um, you know, I, I told my brokerage, I have one thing that nobody else has. I have magic. <laughs> I have feng shui. So I, I understand energy in a way and I can tune into homes in ways that, you know, a lot of people can't. So and it's not that you can't do it. Everybody can do it. It's that a lot of people just choose not to because, you know, they think it's weird or that it's not possible. And hey, everything's possible. So this is going to be a really fun fall semester for all of you that did sign up for Mastering Feng Shui, because I'm going to be able to share my experiences and just show more of what I do. You know, I have to be very cautious with clients that I have. I can't always um, share actual homes and things like that because the clients don't want them up. But if homes are uh, for sale, they're already up online. They're already being, um, you know, put up in the public eye. So it just gives me a little bit more um, leniency as to uh, the things that I can share and educate on. So it's going to be really fun. Okay, so this isn't something that I do all the time, and I realize we're getting into like one hell of a long intro here, but it's going to be fine, I promise, because this is going to be worth it. Um, we get emails all the time from folks who listen to the show and tell us really great stories, and it's really great. We love getting them. We, you know, the, it's it never seems to fail. Like when we're having a really uh, maybe a hectic day or a challenging day, we get these amazing emails, and it's always great to you know they're just heartwarming and it makes us feel good. And we always say to people, "Don't you want to make others feel good?" Of course you do. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention. Um, 
We received this email actually a couple of weeks ago from Samantha, and I just wanted to share this with you because my hope is that everybody who listens to the show has at some point or another uh, experienced a podcast that has changed your life in some way. Even if it was small, maybe it changed the trajectory of your day, maybe your week, or maybe even your life. So this is what we got from Samantha. Hi there. Just wanted to drop a note of thanks for your podcast and blog. It's had a really beautiful impact on my life and I wanted to share it with your team. I make an altar wherever I travel and it makes me feel so grounded. I make sure to take time per your podcast on travel tips to meditate and recenter, not just diving from one thing to another. I tow my two-year-old from California to Philly once a quarter to visit family and your advice has been life-saving. Thank you, Amanda, and the rest of the Gates team for making a big difference with a small bit of advice in the life of a stressed-out millennial tech worker in California who just needed a little bit of help. All the best, Sammy. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sending that in. It's so wonderful to know, um, you know, we put out all this content. I talk about it on the show all the time between the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast. We put out the, all this content, and we, we don't know unless y'all tell us if it's actually working or if it's doing anything or if it's really um, changing your life in some way. So thank you for sending that in and thank you for sharing your story. And I hope that for everybody else who's listening, I hope that it's benefiting you and impacting you as well. Alrighty, let's dive back into the show and Julius. What I love about Julius is like most of us, he started out in corporate America, right? We all go down the, the path that we think we should, that, you know, is expected of us. And on paper, he was living the American dream. But the million dollar question is always, 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 are you happy? Before 2005, he worked in tech. He made a ton of money and lived, you know, the quote unquote normal American life. That is until one day he happened upon a little show called What the Bleep. Now, if any of you are Joe Dispenza fans, you've heard of What the Bleep because that's really what uh, catapulted him into the public eye. It's a great show, really talks about, you know, the what ifs of what goes on, uh, you know, like talking to houses and that sort of thing. It just kind of opens your eyes to the things that are out there. So, while his journey into spirituality didn't really happen overnight, which probably for most of you who listen to this show, it's, you know, you've kind of dipped your toe in and out and in and out. And, you know, it, it's something that happens over time. Same thing with Joey, right? Two years it took him to really open up and, and fully embrace the idea of a kundalini awakening. But for Julius, it set him on a journey ending up where he is today. And now he's this amazing sound healer and uh, kundalini uh, instructor, and he does a lot of other things, but he's, you know, this conscious leader who's helping others on their path, so to speak, their journey to spirituality. And, you know, uh, Dolores Cannon would call this a way shower. You know, anybody who's educating people and helping them is considered a bridge, a way shower. So on today's show, we are going to talk about spiritual overwhelm and how to overcome it practical ways to get into coherence, which means you're putting your brain and your heart on the same highway, and learn about heart space and why everybody should be doing it, even if you have no idea what that is. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Hey, Julius. Welcome to the show. Hi, hi. Glad to be here and um, just be present with you. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, we were talking before the show started, you know, you were asking me how we found you and uh, Deborah actually found you. And one of the things that is always appealing to me is I know that the listeners are in different stages of their spiritual path. And what I'd like you to start us off with before we dive into the really juicy stuff is who Julius was prior to 2005. And then what happened after 2005 to really uh, solidify who you are today? Yeah, um, time is a very interesting concept. And uh, 2005 uh, really was a year for me of um, exploration and um, this whole new world of um, dimension, really. Um, opened up for me when 
uh, at the time. Um, so I have like a scientific and technological background. And although I wanted to be a scientist uh, when I was a kid, um, that didn't quite mature um, into an actual um, professional researcher. But it, it, it was really the um, compass of my curiosity. And um, in 2005, um, you know, after really just going into quantum physics, nanotechnology, I came across this documentary called What the Bleep Do, you, do, do We Know Down the Rabbit Hole? And it was an interesting um, cross-sector of science and spirituality. And at that time, it actually took me a long time to, to kind of put the dots together and, and, and digest, but that documentary kind of showed me two halves of the same thing of science and spirituality and what life is and how um, could possibly what my relationship is with that, you know? And it, it, it started leading me into the threshold of, of my inner self and what energy is and, and, and what that is within my mind, my emotions and, and what I eat, how I move my body and colors to sound to even numbers in the planets. And um, that really, um, help me navigate my world of curiosity in, into the understanding of who, or at least start to inquire about who I am and, and what am I, who are we, right, as human beings. And um, that really led me to different practices um, or exercises and meditations to, 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 to find balance and release stress and just get a sense of who I am um, in part of this grand universe we're in. Yeah, and I think it's key. I want to reiterate, you said, you know, it took time. And I think that that's really important to mention because I think a lot of times, um, we were just talking before the show started. I met this woman uh, while I was in Asheville, North Carolina, who uh, said that she just woke up and mm. she was, um, she looked terrified. She looked like a deer in the headlights. She was just like, uh -huh. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to navigate this, you know? And so, I think a lot of times, you know, when something like that happens, we think like we should have it all figured out. We should already know all this. And I think it's important to mention, you know, like I've been in this for 20 years and I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, figuring things out and still learning new things and, and still learning about practitioners. I mean, wouldn't you say that you're still in that same position, even though you have awakened and you've been doing this now for over a decade, you're still learning new things, right? Yeah, it's, um, I, I kind of think of it as an eternal dance and the song just changes periodically. It's a new beat, new rhythm, and you just have to find a beat to step into and, and, and move a hip or move a finger um, instead of being in the sidelines and, 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 and be filled with fear, indecision, and worry. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, yeah, really never ending. And, and when we find the joy, with that exploration and um, and and new people show up and 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 resources and connecting the dots um, becomes a little bit more livelier and uh, the bigger picture emerges at least for that time. Um, so I think that's a key point too. Like when you really open yourself up um, and you're ready, willing, and open those people, those things, those events, the things that you need start to appear in your life. Indeed. And um, finding grace and uh, being patient um, is a constant reminder. Um, I love gardening. So it's like really planting a seed, right? And we can't watch the seed grow, but all we can do is nurture it in ways that it needs. And each seed um, is different. You know, some need shade, some need full sun, some needs to be water once a week, twice a week, once a, you know, a blue moon or, or whatnot. And um, yeah, it's a constant adjustment and um, it's a beautiful way to just get a sense of, uh, of life. 
I agree. You mentioned um, what the bleep, which I want to mention. It's either on Amazon or Netflix. I think that show is on Netflix. Um, it really highlighted uh, Joe Dispenza's career, which we will get to in a minute. But in your opinion, you talked about uh, your background and love for science. And, you know, in your opinion, does science and spirituality work? I mean, can they coexist? Yeah, and uh, maybe this is a good time to transition to Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I love what he said that like science is the modern language of the mystics. Mm-hmm. And when we just kind of dissect that and, and, and realize that what we're doing now is just this new age spirituality. It's just a remembering of what people have been doing for thousands of years that we've kind of just been disconnected from. Um, particularly the way of nature and how it works. And through mathematics and physics, um, we're beginning to remember um, that natural law. And with simple, you know, awareness of of our internal seasons um, that changes from day to day, um, week to week, and to the months and the years, we can begin to kind of exercise uh, our relationship um, uh, with the outside world and our inner world and, and start really realizing that it's, 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 it's bounded. I think that uh, I'd like to reiterate that the science is the modern language of the mystics. I think that's such an important thing to uh, ponder because when we look at uh, societies like Atlantis, they were so highly evolved, um, much more evolved, and their technology was actually further along than we are today. And we often think that, oh, we're so evolved and like we're way further ahead than any other society has ever been, which is actually in- not true. <laughs> and, you know, I think that a lot of people just assume that science and spirituality can't exist because one is right brain and one is left brain. But I think that um, it absolutely can coexist because you can't really have one without the other. And I think that um, that's what's so great about Joe Dispenza's work is that he's proving that um, he's proving that they can coexist and that through the science and the technology, you can gain a better understanding of what's happening with the mind, what's happening with the heart, um, the energy fields that surround us. And I think it's fascinating Uh, And it's really great, too, that so many people are starting to wake up to this idea that there's so much more than what we've been fed to believe. Yeah, it's really with my own search um, and beginning to just simplify things. um, I was a little bit overwhelmed in the beginning because there seems to be many paths that do so many different things and then start realizing 15 years later that like, oh, they're pretty much have the same baseline of, of, of what they do and they just move a little bit differently and, and, and sing a little bit differently that gets the same result of, of giving us an opportunity to go within ourselves and bring awareness about our current situation, the good and the bad that allows us to absorb, digest, eliminate, and, and, and become a better individual um, from that. And um, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, the world we live in right now, despite um, what seemingly um, seems bleak. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, uh, I call it like spring awakening, you know? And um, it's, 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 it's really about, um, giving us an opportunity to what is, what is our truth, you know, in reflection to um, a community, um, our friends um, and our partnerships, um, even business and um, realize that we uh, are all a part of this, right? It's, it's, it's all about we um, as much as we are focusing on ourselves. Yeah. And I think that that's where a lot of people are starting to wake up. And I, I want to reiterate again, what Julia said about, you know, when this first happened for him, he was overwhelmed. And I, that's really how I felt that the gal was last week that I met in Asheville is that she just 
really seemed overwhelmed. And I think she was this very intelligent analytical engineer and thinking that, you know, oh my gosh, like, what do I do? Like, I don't know anything about this. And I just want to say that it's okay. You know, you're not supposed to know everything. Uh, You're not going to know everything. But the most important part that you said is that it all may move a little bit differently, but you all end up in the same place. And really all it comes down to is we are a we, not an I. We're in this together. It's all about raising the consciousness. It's all about, you know, understanding that humanity is oneness, that we are all connected. And we're in this heightened elevation of consciousness right now where more than any time ever, more people are awakening and more open to spirituality, which is totally rad. You know, I talk about on this show all the time how 20 years ago, how secretive, you know, it was. And it's like, you had to be very, you know, had to have like a secret handshake and a special knock because God forbid somebody know that you were a weirdo, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's no more initiations, really. The initiation is just doing the practice. Feel your way through the practice. And that was such a huge turning point for me um, in my own evolution to, to realize that I don't have to be in an ashram or go into the plateau of, 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 of you know, the Himalayas to gain a sense of self of my understanding of my own spirituality that all we need is is really time for ourselves and breathe you know the most simple thing deep breathing well and to to not be fearful um i actually i may have mentioned this on the show a couple weeks ago on one of the shows that i did is that uh a client of mine were sitting we were sitting at her pool and we were talking about consciousness and and how her daughter Uh, who's only 15, can teach her so much and how the children coming in today are so aware and so heightened beyond most adults. And I could tell that my client was getting a little shifty and she was getting a little uncomfortable because the pool lady (laughs) was there cleaning the pool and she kept looking at me and looking at the pool lady like, should we be having this conversation in front of the pool lady? And I didn't give a shit. I was like, we're having this conversation with the pool lady. And sure enough, the pool lady turns and goes, it's so interesting that you're having this conversation. I woke up two years ago and my daughter and me, we are just, you know, having so much fun with crystals and yoga and spirituality. And I was like, there you go. (laughs) My body's just vibrating of like harmony and um, joy as, as you're saying that, because it's really about being vulnerable right? In, in, in ways that enables us to move beyond um, the fear. Fear, yeah, right? Fear. And like the more we open ourselves up and just be open, um, we really touch people in the most unexpected ways and um, invites them, you know, to, to also just be without judgment and, and fear of being chastised and stigmatized. Right. And you know, I think that this is a, a great segue. I, I had this question that I wrote down that I was curious about. You know, I, I know for myself uh, how much happier I am. But for those that are listening today, I, I think that the, the biggest fear is, you know, they are in corporate America. They are doing uh, or going through the motions. And it's really scary. They may have a passion, you know, or they may not fully understand their spirituality just yet. But they're, they're really scared. Um, to make a leap because they are being consumed by that fear. And, you know, you mentioned yourself before 05, you're, you're basically living the quote unquote American dream. You're making the big bucks in technology. And on paper, this sounds fabulous, right? You're, you're making good money. Um, you've got the good job. You've probably got the good house and all the materialistic shit that we think that we need. But compared to now, you know, now you're doing all these amazing things with yoga and um, spirituality and uh, sound therapy and things like that. Were you happy? Did you think you were happy, but were you really happy? Uh, that's a really interesting and uh, fun question because um, I'm a Capricorn, um, and for those that's new to astrology, Capricorn is an archetype 
um, of a half goat and um, fish. Um, and Capricorns are, like goats, can be very stubborn, climbing the mountain of ambition at a slow pace. And um, it's into grounding and sense of security. And it took me 12 years to leave my corporate world. And um, during that time, um, I had like two or three lives. <laughs> exploring, you know, I had my day job and then exploring music, um, art through visual um, photography and all of that. Um, I didn't really know where it was going, but it was really just following my bliss. Like Joseph Campbell said, you know, follow your bliss and the universe will open doors when there were only walls, right? And that mm -hmm. really gave me, looking back now, um, a sense of window um, without really putting a dollar amount to like what I was doing, but I was just like really enjoying myself. And to looking back those times, uh, I was really happy. Um, but there were moments of, of happiness um, that's, you know, uh, part of the polarity of like, I'm really happy, but there's something missing here. You know, and then that's when I really started going deeper into the depths of mysticism um, and esoteric knowledge to 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 kind of gain a sense of uh, deeper sense of who I am. And it, it reached a certain plateau where I was like, wow, my corporate world was taking more energy than um, I had really wanted to invest and I know I needed to kind of let that go. Um, so I kind of just planted the seed of intention that like, okay, my time here is limited and um, I, I need to find a different way to be sustainable um, that enabled me to just be happier in, in, in where I was at at that time. And um, the universe provided me opportunities and it wasn't easy to believe um, that the grass is greener on the other side. And um, I'm still riddled with fear sometimes, but I go back to my practices to remind me why I chose to leave the corporate world and to remind me the beauty um, that the world has to offer that's reflected within each person that I encounter. Um, staring at their eyes and um, sharing intimate moments. Mm, I love this. And I, I love this story because I think what it really proves is that it can be really scary and you can be riddled with fear. But if you take the leap and trust that you can fall into bliss and joy, and it may be messy. <laughs> it may not it's be always messy. It's not rainbows and butterflies. Let's just put it out there. Yeah. I mean, tools. I think if you can um, kind of do your best to put that fear in a box, so to speak, and just kind of put blinders on and, and kind of fail forward, so to speak, um, you can really find a place that isn't so, I think that that's great. You mentioned this, it's not so energetically exhausting because when you're really going against the grain and not really aligning with your true purpose, it is going to wear you out. And when you oh, yeah. fall into your bliss, it, it's going to feel like you're going with the stream rather than against it. I'm curious for those that are listening today, you know, with your own journey and, and now that you've gone through this and, and again, it's been a journey. I, I want everybody to realize that this didn't happen overnight for Julius. I mean, this has been a 15 year journey for him. What recommend, uh, excuse me, what recommendations do you have for those that are listening today that maybe haven't found what that bliss is or, or aren't quite sure what this looks like for them, or maybe they have, but they're too scared to do it. Like, how, what are some of your recommendations? What really worked for you to kind of put those blinders on and see past the fear and just do it anyways? One thing that really helped me tremendously was to, to, to simplify things and really look back, um, not only in my childhood, but moments, seeds of experiences that I felt free. I felt 
um, at peace. I felt creative. I felt um, I had a deeper sense of who I am. Um, I felt um, really connected um, to what I was doing, to the people that I was with. And, and that really helped me to start to go back to those moments and start fertilizing those seeds that lay dormant, pressurized, covered by life's stress, um, life's responsibilities, and, 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 and realize that the seeds are already there. We don't have to look for them any further. We just have to kind of like bring awareness um, and pull the weeds out um, of, of stress, of indecision and, and, and worry um, to even get a glimpse. It could be one hour a week to go to a yoga class or if you look back in those moments, it could be dancing, it could be poetry, it could be painting that, that you used to love but haven't done in years. Um, those are really the seeds of experience. They'll give you a reminder of what's already within you that needs to flourish. And I think that's great. And I, I, this is yet again, you're doing great with the segues, by the way. <laughs> we were well, talking, right? <laughs> it's like we're in sync here. Um, we were talking earlier about Joe Dispenza and part of his work, what he does is um, he really focuses on the science and the spirituality and how they do actually work together. And one of the things that he talks about is when you are in coherence versus incoherence and incoherence is basically the brain and the heart are not connected. They're, they're on two different wavelengths. And so you're incoherent, which equals stress. That means that your adrenals are fired up. Uh, you know, things are on high alert and you've got stress going on in your body. And when you're incoherent, um, your heart and your brain are basically working very easily, symbiotically, uh, and you don't have stress, which is better on your body and your system. And you're able to uh, be more present. You're, you're able to uh, manifest those doors rather than those walls. And you mentioned on your website that, you know, oh, you just got to close your eyes and feel into your heart space. And um, I hear that a lot. I know what that means. I know how to do it. But I can imagine, for example, the gal that I met last week who's completely new to spirituality, um, probably been running from her head, you know, for the last 40 years because she's an engineer. For someone that's new to this and new to this world, what the heck does it mean, you know, to get into your heart space? And how the hell do you do it? Yeah. Uh... I like to simplify that and we can just close our eyes at, you know, while waiting in the grocery um, or anytime we're feeling stress, you know, even in the car, you can pull over, um, close your eyes. And by simply placing your hands over your heart and slowing down your deep breathing, something happens magically after a few repetitions that we begin to sync up our heart and our mind. And through Heart Math Institute um, that Dr. Joe Dispenza and many other leaders right now uses their um, research to, to show that when we start controlling the heart rate variability, which has a direct correlation with our emotions and our, our thoughts, um, we begin to achieve coherence. And we can do that through deep breathing, visualization, movement, food, expression, uh, expression. And um, that really enables you to just be in the present moment, to not think about the future, not think about the past, um, and really observe your thoughts. And I like to say that when, when our thoughts are racing, um, whether we're anxious and our heartbeat is, is going 120 beats per second, which is really double the resting heart rate or about 60 heartbeats per, per minute, um, we begin to just allow the thoughts to flow in and out with your breath, inhaling deeply. 
and exhaling completely. And just repeating that until you start feeling a little bit tingly, which is just your cells being reoxygenated and your, your, your heart starts stabilizing and you start getting even a little bit high <laughs> um, that really allows you to just feel more calm. Yeah, and I want to mention I had uh, Jonas Ketterly on the show last year, uh, I think in May, uh, looks like podcast number 30. Um, he does sacred cacao. Mm. And one of the things that's really great about sacred cacao is it stimulates your heart. So if anybody is kind of new to this, not really sure what the hell, you know, I know that a lot of people who are new to spirituality, they think that us woos are like, you know, out in outer space. Most of us are. <laughs> but to hear like, oh, you just got to get in your heart space. And, you know, we've been, I think we undervalue the heart space. We undervalue the power that it has. Um, we undervalue how it has a stronger EMF than actually the brain does, and it's more powerful than the brain. But we've been so trained and conditioned to rely on our analytical left brain to get us through life, and we're taught to ignore anything that is remotely related to feelings. We suppress them uh, and just kind of, you know, I, like mummies go through life so I think because we've been conditioned this way, we end up going through life in a fog and we don't really know what our feelings are. We don't really know how we you know, uh, feel or, or this idea of not living in the past and not living in the future, but right now it's like, holy crap, what does that mean? You know, um, I think that the hardest thing that I hear again and again is that um, people just don't fully understand, like they, you know, it sounds great to sit down and breathe, but I think when people are first starting out, they don't even know how to do that. Like, mm. um, it's, I hear a lot of people say, Amanda, you say all the time to meditate. I can't meditate. I can't sit still. When I sit down, my mind starts to race. And, and that's basically the ego, right? Yeah. The ego is coming in and it's like, oh my God, you need to do this. Well, guess what? That's in the future. Oh my God, I can't believe you said this. Well, guess what? That's the past. So for those that are brand new to this, or they think that they can't shut that ego off and they can't sit still, are there some other things that you can recommend that they might be able to do to start getting into that coherence? Yeah, and that's a beautiful thought because um, when I first started, I thought meditation was all about sitting down, you know, quietly and, and emptying your mind and... Um, and that was really hard for me to do because I have an analytical mind, um, really material and constantly um, inquiring. And a you're also a Capricorn. <laughs> and, you know, after a few years, I started realizing that, like, there's a lot of different ways to meditate. And one thing that really resonated with me was sound. Um, and I'm not a musician. Um, uh, by trade, but I, I, I love dancing from, from when I was young and dancing enabled me to, to, to find the offbeat in life and, and, and even step into that and find a rhythm within that. And it could be writing for some people that could be a meditation. Um, it could be simple walk in nature that could be a meditation. If you can just brush your teeth with an intention of going 10 times in one side, 10 times in the other side, that itself becomes a meditation. And, and this interestingly enough, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't have time to meditate. And I started realizing that we can turn our daily tasks, whether it's um, uh, washing the dishes, mowing the lawn, um, watering our garden, to, 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 to use that moment to really sink into the present and, and, and appreciate what you're actually doing so you're not thinking about the future, you're not thinking about the past, that you're just there in an awe. You know, um, I don't have kids myself, but I have a lot of nieces and nephews. I have five, go five godchildren, and some of them are now... 22 years old and 
and and and interacting with them at stages of their life um, really enables me to reflect on moments of 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 where we can be meditative, you know, um, of interacting with kids or interacting with even adults, um, elderly, I mean. And um, yeah, I think it's all about finding creative ways. Um, but for me, sound started it all. Um, that that, that kind of gave me that window of like, whoa, that was an hour of meditation where, you know, a few years before that, like I couldn't meditate for 10 minutes. So always looking at the clock. Um, so yeah, movement, writing, um, singing even can be a meditation. Um, but I also love just taking long walks where we really can be with ourselves and, 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 and with nature and be and just be. Yeah, I think those are great. Thank you for answering that question because I think that those are tangible very practical things that people can do. And I love that you brought up walking in nature. Um, I always talk about on the show about how people need to cultivate their chi and, um, you know, this idea of being in coherence um, is all about cultivation of your chi. And you have to be um, in coherence in order to get the best feng shui results. You can't go into energy with a frenetic mind uh, and frenetic energy and expect miraculous results. They don't match. They don't, uh, you know, it's like a two opposing magnets. And so I think what's great is, is if someone is just starting out and they're not sure how to do this, or maybe you're well on your journey, but you're still struggling with meditation. I think these are great because um, especially walking in nature. I've read many uh, different books that talk about how Einstein and Tesla and Carl Jung, they used to uh, work on various problems. And these problems like E equals MC squared was something that Einstein had worked on for over a decade, I think. And he would go on long walks in the afternoon and those were his thinking times. And he knew that if he could get in a lucid state while walking and connect with the nature spirits, that he would be in this dreamy state that would put him in the right brain, which would put him in the present, which would allow him to channel information. And Carl Jung used to do the same thing with his uh, practice, with his patients. He would get in this dreamy state to come up with the solutions because he knew that that's how he could tap into the otherworldly uh, or divine source to get this information. And that's a form of meditation. That's exactly what you're trying to do. Yeah, it's really beautiful that it is accessible. We don't have to pay thousands of dollars. <laughs> right, right. Uh, you have the information the within bank. you. Yeah. Which I think is great. And I know you do many things. You do sound therapy and uh, crystal dreaming, but I'm curious, you know, you, you do uh, Kundalini yoga and I've been doing yoga for many years. I've never done Kundalini, but I've done many types of yoga. And I talk about it on the show constantly because I think it's such a great way to be in a moving meditation. It's fantastic to do the breath work and, you know, get out of your head and really get into a flow state. And um, how has yoga benefited you and how have you seen it really uh, influence the, you know, clients that you have and how it's really changed their lives? Yeah. Yoga came to me in college really. And, um, and it, it wasn't always there. And um, going back to our talk earlier of nurturing those seeds of experiences, um, yoga enabled me to bring awareness into the density of emotions that was stuck in my body and enable it to be released and, and also cultivate energy and gain a better sense of who I am in relationship to those issues or challenges or learning opportunities physically, mentally, and emotionally. And Kundalini Yoga came to me in a very interesting way. Um, in 2014, um, and, I, and I hope I'm not digressing because um, I just wanna share this experience of, of, of how Kundalini Yoga has really came into my life and, 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 and how I've really used it in, in 
the state of awakening to really go deeper within myself. And in 2014, I received this like numerology report and numerology is a science of numbers and, and, and how Pythagoras, father of math, um, took the observation of numbers and, and showed that it had a relationship with our inner consciousness. And in this numerology reading, um, it asked or it suggested that I should focus on my heart and awaken my Kundalini energy. And that sounded great to me at the time, but I didn't really have practical tools to like, what does that actually mean? Um, and I didn't even, at that time, I didn't even know that Kundalini Yoga existed. And after doing some research of what the Kundalini energy is, which is like this energy that remains in the base of our spine, that when awakened, um, we can get a, a, a sense of, of, of oneness, uh, of, of who we are in relationship to the universe, nature, and, and so forth. And literally two weeks later, I'm walking my dog um, in the park, in this forest across the street from my place, and my dog, Max, starts sniffing another dog. And then this woman comes into view wearing like this beautiful, beautiful amethyst pendant, and there was just this sense of connection. And we started talking very openly about spirituality. And I started talking about my reading about numerology and Kundalini energy. And then she starts looking at me very weirdly. And she's like, I'm a Kundalini teacher. Oh, wow. You can come to my yoga studio. And that time um, really made me realize that the universe or the outside world is constantly giving us signs and messages but it all passes by us until we really stop and figure out wait what was that bird poop in my head telling me or that number that keeps appearing or this color that i keep seeing or this scent that it keeps smelling what is that really telling me or this person that keeps annoying me um, what is that really telling me and kundalini yoga um, as weird as it is with repetitive movements and, and deep breathing and, 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 and fast breathing and, and chanting, um, it really enabled me to meet my ego where it was at and start developing um, a friendship relationship with my ego and start using the ego um, as a tool really to help me navigate my fears um my worries and my challenges and um give me a sense of compass you know um that really allowed me to take back my energy and not be leaking so to speak and constantly running with a worry running with a, a particular thought that can drain me mentally physically and emotionally and what a great example of synchronicity, which was coined by Carl Jung of, you know, and us, you just wrapped up everything in a lovely little package because we were talking about coherence. And when you're in coherence, those doors of synchronicity start opening up for you. I mean, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's really beautiful how it works. And, and I also started realizing that the universe or whatever you call it only gives us information when we when we really need it it can't be like an every week download so to speak of information because we have to digest that information and really absorb that information to allow our spirit our mind our body our soul to really grow and benefit from it and sometimes that happens really quick and sometimes it takes longer and since we are some say multi-dimensional beings we begin to start getting a bird's eye view that sometimes physically we feel expansive but emotionally we feel contracted and, and and finding the balance between that and using that energy of expansion to to kind of free us from aspects of ourselves that, that's contracting that enables us to find more of a coherent vibration of a hum instead of constantly high or low that we we, we begin to kind of float not only like a butterfly but like how a ballerina seems so still but grazes the dance floor 
um, in beauty. Mm, I love that. Well, Julius, I knew that this was going to go by quickly. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you do many, many things, sound healing, Kundalini yoga, uh, crystal dreaming, cards of destiny. If people are interested in learning more about you or want to work with you, how do they find you? Yeah, let's uh, use the World Wide Web. <laughs> that really enables us to uh, connect. Um, it's Anahata, A-N-A. Um, H-A-T-A, AnahataResonance.com, which um, is really a central focus of really going uh, within our heart to find coherence um, through the practices that, uh, that has helped me that I'm just sharing with people. And hopefully, if it's not that, um, hopefully that's a springboard that people can use to further explore um, uh, infinite source of um, tools that we have um, in, in, in today's world. Fantastic. And are you based out of New York? I'm based out of New York, but I also do remote sessions. Um, I'm using technology really as a platform to give people no excuses that we don't have to leave our homes to uh, go to a class. Thank God, because it's dangerous out there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, Julius, for uh, taking the time today to chat with me and answer my questions and, you know, just give my audience a little bit more information about how they can get into coherence and just start adding more spirituality into their life. Yeah, keep it simple. Um, there's a lot of different tools out there, but keep it simple. Um, sometimes you'll go to a yoga class and you may not resonate with a particular facilitator, but keep at it. Um, through every block, there's a way. And that's been always a great um, mantra um, for me. And um, yeah, uh, and, and, and also know that you always have help. You don't have to do everything all by yourself. There's always somebody there. If it's just some, someone to listen, um, reach out and, and, and know that there's others out there um, in the same frequency, so to speak, same vibration, um, looking to, to collaborate and share and, and, and find your community. Um, even though it's in the World Wide Web or your next door neighbor, um, change the conversation. And, um, and, and, and the whole, a whole many dimensions of reality will open up. Mm, amen. Wasn't that such a great show? I love it when I have empowering people on the show that encourages us to um, not be judgmental, not be hard on ourselves, but just really embrace the process and trust it, right? We hear that all the time, trust the process, but it can be hard. It can be frustrating. It can be challenging. And, you know, and then we fall off the wagon and then what do we do? <laughs> we judge ourselves and we get upset with ourselves. So thank you, Julius, for coming on this show today. I think that um, it was, I, I was so happy that we were finally able to get Joey on so that I could back you up um, with your skill set and put you behind Joey. Because I think that for anybody who's going through a spiritual awakening or any kind of um, spiritual path, they need people uh, like Julius to navigate the waters and get them through it. Don't forget, uh, I'll be having Ruby Warrington on the show next week. Be sure to leave us a review if you'd like a chance to win a signed copy of her book. Uh, the paperback just came out a couple of days ago, and it's really a great book. If you are new to the spiritual world, she did a great job in writing this book and just making spirituality cool. And she goes through all sorts of different topics like astrology, tarot, energy healing. She just kind of explains all the different modalities that are out there and why they matter. So it's a great introduction if you're new to the world. Um, floor plan reading, if that's something you'd like to win, be sure to um, leave us a review and uh, put up your floor plan. We need that. You've got to email it to letschatatthegatescompany.com, put 100th episode in the subject line and include your floor plan. <laughs> I can't be any clearer about that. And I'm excited to share with you uh, next week how the open house went. I think it's going to be fun. 
I, I really uh, enjoy houses quite a bit and I love having conversations with them and I love sharing it with you guys. So I think it'll be uh, a really fun experience for all of us. Alrighty, if you would like more information, head on over to our website, interiorvibes.com. You can learn about um, floor plan readings there if you don't know what that is. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. I've also got some floor plan readings and some really great uh, feng shui tips there. Um, if you'd like to reach out to us, let's chat at thegatescompany.com. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.